Welcome to the Cover 2 Resources podcast series, a podcast series about addiction and addiction education. Our mission is to arm others with the knowledge needed to best support a loved one struggling with opioid addiction. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, and via RSS feed. Simply search for the full name, Cover 2 Resources, on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening. Hi, this is Greg McNeil from Cover 2 Resources. A long-held belief has been individuals in poor or lower-middle-class neighborhoods would be more likely to abuse alcohol and drugs. However, recent studies have revealed drug and alcohol use actually increase in higher-income groups. The factors influencing addiction prevention and recovery among wealthy and middle-class Americans are often different from that of the poor. So how should communities of means approach education, prevention, and recovery? In July of 2017, 30 civic-minded community leaders in Hudson, Ohio, met to try to answer these questions and more. The group, led by the leaders of Hudson Community First and Hudson Community Foundation, developed Drug Safe Hudson to enhance drug and alcohol awareness, reduce stigma, and improve opportunities to get help for individuals living, working, and going to school in Hudson. A key component of the program is a resource specialist who acts as an advocate for the community on all things related to substance use disorder. Joining me today to share more about this unique program and her role in the community is Jamie Messenger, the resource specialist for Drug Safe Hudson. So, Jamie, welcome. Thank you, Greg. Good morning. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your background and your role with Drug Safe Hudson and how Drug Safe Hudson actually got off the ground. So my background, my family and I have experienced some lived experience, uh, some personal experiences with the effects of drug and alcohol use. And that really sparked my passion to uh, work in the field and, and really just start to give back to our community. So for almost 10 years now, I've served um, in, in different roles with Oriana House, and I have learned a lot along the way about helping those um, affected by drug and alcohol use, affected by undiagnosed mental illness. So that, that particular experience has really just, um, you know, enlarged my passion to be able to give back today. Yeah. So Drug Safe Hudson, how did that come about? Well, Drug Safe Hudson was actually born last year. The Drug Safe Hudson Coalition came out of concerned Hudson residents. Individuals living, working, and going to school in the city of Hudson got together at the um, countywide on-the-table event. During that time when individuals were sitting around the table discussing, one of their main concerns was the fact that individuals weren't really sure where to go for help, how to get help, what to do when they were experiencing um, some, some crisis or tragedies in their life concerning drug and alcohol use. Next, Jamie talks about how her role as the Hudson Community Resource Specialist came about. Yes, they created a position for a liaison. The actual position title is Hudson Drug and Alcohol Community Resource Specialist. So they did hire me on. My very first day was January 3rd of this year, so 2018. And since my hire date, I've worked really hard to um, comply with some objectives. So the main focus was um, to really figure out, you know, how I was going to communicate with the public, um, to really enhance the communications plan 
So I've done a lot of work with getting the website up and running. Uh, Cover 2 Resources staff has been phenomenal with helping me, um, you know, get the website off the ground and just kind of edit some things and, and really help with some of the material. So really grateful to have that support as well as um, the Drug Safe Hudson Facebook page and the Twitter page. Excellent. You came in as the resource specialist, and what would you say overall, how would you describe that role? I mean, you've got knowledge of all these resources, and, and that's your, your wealth of knowledge is such an asset for us in the, in the community. So how does that work on a day-to-day basis? How does the community kind of engage you, and how are you reaching out to the community? Well, we're very fortunate that we have a catchy phone number. Our phone number is 330-822-HELP. Last four numbers are 4357. So anyone that does need help can contact that line 24 hours a day. I always tell families crisis doesn't happen 8 to 4, so you're more than welcome to call 24 hours a day or even text the line. Um, It does come straight to my cell phone. So if I'm not available in that moment, I do tell families I will get back to you within the next business day. So I think that's a crucial Part of my role is families knowing that I'm there and that I'm a pretty quick, quick resource that they can, um, you know, reach me, reach me rather quickly. So when a family calls, I really focus on assessing the situation. Talk to me a little bit about what's going on. What are you experiencing? Ask a lot of open-ended questions. What, what's worked in the past? What have you tried that didn't work? And, and then provide the different resource options um, to be able to allow them to make a good informed decision too. Oftentimes, people are really concerned about confidentiality and what's going to happen with their data. I think today in this day and age, that's become such a big issue. Can you speak to that? When someone reaches out to you, what happens with that data? I make it very clear that I am a confidential, discreet resource provider, that I just ask for their first name to keep the conversation warm and moving. And most of the families have given me first name, last name, um, and, and some contact information. And I just let them know my biggest concern is that first name and ask, you know, for the contact information, maybe an email address or a phone number to be able to follow up. And everyone has been very welcoming with providing that information as well as as allowing me to follow up with them. So I just let them know that it's I'm the only one that does see that information and that I just track it on an Excel spreadsheet. So it just goes no further than you. No, I'm the only one that has access to it. So you're a resource that's available to them 24-7 to get really not necessarily just to get someone into treatment or get, get help. If they've just got questions, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. General questions about what's going on or they want to report something. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Your role in the community then, the outreach role, how's that work? So what I've been doing is getting out into different meetings in Hudson, trying to get connected with individuals that have events, and that has been very well received Um, Different um, event coordinators have contacted me, provided a free table where I can go. I set up a table. We have a tablecloth that clearly identifies that we are uh, Drug Safe Hudson. I have business cards. Um, I'm also really promoting the Deterra Bag Project, which I'll touch on in just a few minutes. Um, But I also have just wanted the community to know that I exist. Um, So I did attend all of the Hudson Fun at First events this summer where I was able to just talk about the families, let them know the resource exists, and um, also really distribute the terror bags and encourage safe medication disposal. 
Speak to that, the importance of the doTERRA bags for those that are not familiar with it. Really, it's a safe disposal method for your medications, your prescription medication that's unused. So speak to that program and why it's so important to remove old prescription medication from the cabinets. Well, we definitely don't want medications, especially prescription narcotic medication, getting in the wrong hands, you know, such as a young person or somebody that the medication is not prescribed to. You know, a few months ago, Greg, I was uh, reading the newspaper and in Summit County, there were individuals, drug seekers that were actually going into open houses, pretending to be there to view the house for purchase and then going through medicine cabinets and stealing medication. Um, So just really educating the community, the importance of getting those, you know, unused medications out of the home safely. We definitely don't want the medication to be flushed down the toilet or even just thrown loosely in the trash can. It can get into the groundwater and really, you know, affect our environment. So the Deterra Bag Project um, was provided to Drug Safe Hudson as a collaboration of local counties. So Drug Safe Hudson was invited to be part of what's called the Safe RX Regional Collaborative. There are five to six other counties that are representatives represented. So we meet uh, once just about once a quarter, and we were able to secure unlimited deterra bags as a result of that. So, so far, we've given out um, almost 500 to the Hudson community and are educating about the safe medication disposal. They're very easy to use. Uh, The instructions are on the back. There's like a three-step process. Um, You open the bag. There's a substance inside that deactivates the medication. Pour in some water, seal it up, and safely dispose of it in your trash can. We've had a lot of success with it. When I was at one of the Hudson Fun and First events, um, one of the things that I do when I'm talking to families, you know, real real quick, because there's a lot of movement, there's a lot of fun things going on for the little kids, um, is I just say, hey, do you have any type of medication at home that you're not no longer using? And I had this woman stop, and she looked at me and thought about it for a second, and she looked at her son, and she said, you know, he's six, and I still have opiates in my cabinet from when I had a C-section. She's like, yes, I'll take one. Hmm. Never occurred to her to actually clean out that medicine cabinet. And it never occurred to me that people would actually go to open houses with the thought in mind of raiding medicine cabinets. Hmm. That's wild. And, you know, you always, you just think if you're having a party, you trust everybody that's coming. You know, you don't think that they're going to be going through your medicine cabinets, but apparently that's a People would be very surprised if they realized how much and how how that happens on such a regular basis. And I think that's the important piece with Drug Safe Hudson and my role as the resource specialist too, Greg, is to really educate the community. Because if you have not been directly impacted, you think, oh, it can't happen to me. It's not going to happen to me. So that is um, that is part of that stigma that we're really trying to reduce now. Coming up after the break, Jamie talks about the early successes the program has enjoyed. The Cover 2 podcast is sponsored by Relink.org. Relink.org is an online search tool that quickly locates addiction recovery and reentry resources in your area. It includes everything from treatment to housing to employment. Go to Relink.org today to find services or add a resource for free. With Relink.org, help is just three clicks away.
Next, Jamie talks about the importance of matching the treatment to the needs of the individual. The beautiful thing is that I am well-connected in the community. I have learned a lot about resources. So anyone that is able to call, I'm able to provide them a lot of different options for them to really choose what's going to be the best fit for them in that moment. And so that's the important piece for me, too, being in this role is being able to stay apprised of what is out there, what resources are available, so I can really continue to provide that information for them. Next, Jamie shares a story about connecting a family with the resources they need. There are many different ways for individuals to get sober. Uh, I can just touch on a few examples. You know, I had a situation, a woman was trying to get her, her son some help who had been purchasing street Suboxone, who was going to be out of Suboxone, you know, that within the next few hours, and they had tried to get him into detox. And because he wasn't in active withdrawal at the time, detox was not going to take him. So I really talked her through that conversation. Um, it sounded like detox didn't have all the information. And so I, I gave her, you know, some local resources as well as encouraged her to call back detox and talk to them about, um, you know, what what the son was going to be experiencing in the next few hours. Um, that he didn't want to, you know, make the wrong choice and go repurchase street drugs again to continue to feel better um, so that it was very, very important that they, they had that information that they could call back to detox and say, hey, this is the situation. This is how, um, how you know, much of a crisis that we're experiencing right now. So I think that particular situation, the family um, just was um, did not have all the information to share with detox in that moment. Jamie speaks to the options that are available today for medication-assisted treatment. Well, there is the Vivitrol Clinic, and there actually is, you know, a few local ones. And the SUMA IOP Addiction Office opened a new office in Hudson within the last, um, well, it's been a little over six months now. Um, But they do bring in individuals. You can go in for an assessment, and they do have a Vivitrol Clinic that they can refer someone to. And so Vivitrol is part of the Medicated Assisted Treatment Program. Uh, There's another one called Suboxone. Um, So there are a few different options for for individuals today in terms of Medicated Assisted Treatment. The landscape has changed uh, incredibly over the course of the last few years here. And the point is that you're really, really plugged in and well-versed on all of the, the latest when it comes to treatment, be it abstinence programs that are available in the community, as well as medication-assisted treatment? I Yes. I had a family that I had met. Um, the I'd actually met the mother-in-law at an event because she had the little kids at Hudson Fun and First in Maine, and I'd given her my card. And that very same day, her daughter-in-law was really worried about her husband, and she had Googled Narcan and Drug Safe Hudson, and um, it had or I'm sorry, she had Googled Narcan and Hudson and Drug Safe Hudson had popped in because we have the resource for Project Dawn on our website. So she called me. And so that one family had gotten, you know, my business card as well as had Googled to find that information. Um, the family was really worried about, you know, the, the son and, and the husband. And so I was able to talk to her about getting Narcan and how it is free for the community and, you know, the days and times that she could go um, to the training to be able to get the Narcan for free and, and have it in the home because that was one of her biggest concerns. And then we also talked about what had worked in the past and what had not worked. And she had shared that they both had um, recovery time through a 12-step program. 
And so I gave her, you know, the few different options. We talked about um, outpatient treatment, residential treatment, gave her a few local numbers for those resources, as well as gave a phone number for a sober support person. And the husband then called the sober support person within the hour. So we were able to really, you know, connect with that family and and get him talking about some recovery um, in the community rather quickly. That's great. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned Project Dawn and Narcan. Speak to those, the Project Dawn program. Let's explain that and why that's important, and Narcan in particular. Project Dawn is um, it's available to Summit County. And what you do is you can go in. I believe it's on Wednesdays. You can go into the office. You watch the video. It's a 30-minute video that teaches you how to use it. And then you're able to get a free Narcan kit. So that way you can have the Narcan available for you. Um, You know, if you have a loved one that is using or that you're really concerned about potential overdose, you can have the Narcan kit available to you. And Narcan is, of course, the, the medicine that magically brings people back to life when they've overdosed. And it's basically a nasal spray, isn't it? Yes, nasal spray. So it's very easy to use. And so Project Dawn, that stands for Deaths Avoided with Narcan. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's readily available in the community. So any other success stories, Jamie, that you'd like to share with us since the program's been up and rolling about eight months now? Yes. My very first family actually had contacted me. Uh, They were really concerned about their son. They're caring for the grandkids. Uh, The son was continuing to steal from the family, you know, very, very heavy, it sounded like, into his addiction was not really receptive to getting any type of help. And I was able to link them really quickly with a parole officer who then came out to the house the next day. And, you know, working with the courts and, you know, community-based referring agencies such as probation or parole, they really do want to help people. They don't just want to lock individuals up. So I was able to link them really quickly with the parole officer. We're eight months into the program. Can you speak to its effectiveness? The program works, that people are reaching out. Um, I have helped 15 families through the use of 26 phone calls or emails. I think the crucial piece is letting people know that, you know, the liaison position exists, that the resource specialist exists. Since I do work in the field, I know about 211. I know about relink.org. But individuals that don't work in the field typically don't know that. So, so I think having that liaison for the community and getting out to different events like open houses at the schools, um, being accepted, you know, speaking at the Hudson Chamber, speaking at, at other local events. I'm, I'm really trying to connect with the Ministerial Association right now as well as um, just other local events. So that way I can just get out and share that the position is there. So anytime someone does need the help, they know where to go. So you mentioned 211, and that is? That is now the United Way's resource line. So you can you can call the 211, or you can look it up online. Okay. And it has um, different resources for crisis, food, housing, um, different for different reasons. Mm-hmm. So what's next for Drug Safe Hudson? Well, we are continuing to finalize our communication plan, continuing to update our website with resources, and continue to attend events in the community to really let everyone know that Drug Safe Hudson exists and the impact that we can have on getting individuals the help they need when they're affected by drug and alcohol use. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for joining me today, Jamie. 
It's uh, been very enlightening. Well, thank you for having me, Greg. Okay. We've been visiting today with Jamie Messenger, the resource specialist for Drug Safe Hudson. Jamie acts as an advocate for the community on all things related to substance use disorder. To learn more about Jamie and Drug Safe Hudson, go to drugsafehudson.org. My name is Greg McNeil. I'm the founder of Cover 2 Resources. Thank you for joining us for this Cover 2 PPT podcast. That's people, places, and things making a difference in the opioid epidemic. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Cover 2 Resources podcast. This episode is a production of Cover 2 Resources and is made possible by listeners like you. If you'd like to donate or to sponsor a future podcast, please visit cover2.org. As always, thank you for listening. Together, we can make a difference in the opioid epidemic, one life at a time.